Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up? Right, so my P key broke, and then my caps lock key is also broken. Apple doesn't give a fuck about my P key. I don't think anyone gives a fuck about your P key. I, I do. <laughs> Anyways, on this week's episode of Two Virgins, me and Sam will be talking about the album, The Album by Tayana Taylor, while drinking a cup of chocolate milk and interviewing our mutual friend, Sunny Lee. Great, let's get started. So I chose chocolate milk for today because I guess I didn't want to choose chocolate milk. (laughs) Why not? Well, I wanted to do the mojitos and then chocolate milk. I was just like craving chocolate milk as well. But um, I chose chocolate milk for today because I feel like chocolate milk is a great morning drink because it has the milk, which kind of gets you ready for the day, makes you feel like a kid again. And then the chocolate just gives it a little kick, wakes you up a little, gets some sugar in you. In the way I make chocolate milk, I don't like buy pre-made chocolate milk. Oh my God. Are you 12? (laughs) Are you 12? So what I do is I take chocolate syrup and pour it into lactose-free milk. Wow, that's so innovative. I've never heard that before. (laughs) Chocolate milk is a great morning drink if you're like under the age of 12. Honestly, this chocolate milk is pretty good, but the only place that was open near me that sold this was Starbucks. So I had to walk to Starbucks and buy this chocolate milk. And this shit was so expensive. It was like $2. You went to Starbucks to buy chocolate milk? The local grocery store where I live now is closed, like forever. Whoa. Wait, that was the main one on campus, right? Yeah, it was called Frogro, and we would get all our alcohol there. And so now we have to like haul ass to get alcohol which sucks but anyways don't you have to haul ass to get food where are you gonna get food trader joe's obviously oh okay okay. obviously (laughs) (laughs) but um this horizon organic chocolate milk honestly it tastes pretty creamy i would never drink it unless forced to but like i don't hate it also like when you said virgin mojito i was like where the fuck am i supposed to get like lime from you know, I need like a one week warning before you ask me to make a virgin mojito. We'll do it next week. So for the album we're going to talk about today, we're talking about Tiana Taylor's The Album. We've both known about Tiana Taylor for a long time, at least or at least since her seven song project in 2018. And I know that project soundtracked the summer post high school. So the summer mm. between going high school and college and I just remember that as such a fun summer and that album I I mean I really think it's a masterpiece every single song's a jam so that was why I wanted to review it it's also just I think going to be one of the or I thought it was going to be one of the bigger albums of the summer and we can talk about this but I haven't heard as many people talking about the album as I thought they'd be talking about but why did you want to review it Teresa? I actually really really love this album after listening to it i mostly remember tayana taylor because i was obsessed with the gonna love me remix with like ghost Ghost face Face. yeah Yeah. (laughs) that oh my god i used to play that on repeat i personally don't really listen to like r&b hip-hop that much and so i've listened to tayana taylor's 
KTSE, but that's only because it was like pretty popular and Kanye produced it. But other than that, like not really a big fan of R&B, but this album, the album like blew me away for so many reasons, which we'll talk about. And also I think that it was just a great album for what's going on right now because like, I don't know if you've been on Twitter recently, but so many male celebrities are being canceled right now for sexual assault allegations and stuff. And then obviously the world just realized that they were racist and Tiana Taylor released this on Juneteenth. And I just think that her female energy is very much needed in the music scene right now. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. I'm surprised that this album hit you hard when you normally don't like the genre because I feel like this album very much stays in the genre except for some of like the dance holly tracks like the one with DeVito and the one after it I felt like most of the album stayed like very consistent and didn't take a lot of risks my biggest issue with a lot of the album is I thought there were a lot of cuts which just sounded like every other song mm. and part of the conversation I wanted to have about this album is I mean I think you alluded to this in what you were saying but how Tiana Taylor brands herself, because I think in some ways that has taken up more space than her actual music. But I also feel like that brand feels authentic. And I'm not sure if what I'm saying is making complete sense. But for example, with the album cover, with the album intro, with the features that she's chosen, it seems like she wants the public to think of her as this image. And I'm not sure that the music always matches that image. I love the album cover, first of all. So powerful. And I know what you're saying, but for me, I feel like that's my favorite part about this album is how intimate it is and how much it revolves around her family, but Mm -hmm. also brands herself as still a very liberated sexy woman because I remember reading an interview or a piece about this album and she was saying how she didn't feel that much in control of her last album a lot of the samples obviously were chosen by Kanye and you could hear that and for this album as a whole it just felt like very much like an introduction of who she is right now and even though the other album was definitely more experimental I think that this album was a really big step in branding herself in the way that she wants the public to see her, even Mm. though like a lot of her recent events in her life have to do with, you know, like getting married and having a baby and stuff like that. But I feel like she still wants the public to see her as a very much independent artist. No, I see that. And I definitely felt more of that independence with this project than with KTSE. Even though I think I like KTSE better, this album felt like, a more true expression of herself. And I think it's always great when artists get to express themselves in the way that they want to. And even though I love KTSE, I think you could tell in a lot of ways that she wasn't putting out the full scope of what she wanted. There's a lot of songs on this album, which I imagine would have been on KTSE if she had the space or the ability to put them on the album. Yeah, even just looking at the difference in the album covers between KTSC and this one, like mm-hmm. it just feels so reserved, the KTSC album cover with her on the bed. Obviously, it's a gorgeous photo, but I don't know, the, al- the album just seems much more liberating and 
she is the center, you know? It doesn't seem like she's hiding herself. And going to your other point, I know that the song We Got Love with Miss Lauren Hill, that was supposed to go on KTSC, yeah. but then didn't make it on. Personally, that's one of my favorite songs. Can we also just talk about all the features that she has on this album? Like iconic features, not just in music now, but like Erica Badu, Missy Elliott, older artists, Lauren Hill, like all those features also make this album very respectable because I feel like when you have features from older artists who have had a long impact on the genre, it means that they're fucking with your music, you know? I mean, the only bad feature was Quavo, which I was like, oh, why yeah. the fuck? <laughs> but the rest yeah. of them, I was like, damn, I don't want to hear Quavo sing ever. <laughs> but, yeah, that was not a necessary feature, I would agree. Even like Rick Ross, like he just fit in with that song so well. And I, Big Sean features are never highlights for me, but Big Sean's feature, I was like, damn, okay, well, he kind of went off, you know? I also just love how the first three songs on the album all feature her family. I did not realize that that was actually her kid in the beginning. That's so cute yeah. in, to in Come Back to Me. And yeah. I don't know if you watched the music video for Wake Up Love. Oh my God, dude, like, they're so cute. yeah. yeah. I love the integration of family because I think that it starts off the album as a very personal experience. Oh, yeah. I know? mean, I'm sure about we'll talk about this more with Sunny, but mm-hmm. those first four songs, mm. I guess that's why I became disappointed that the album was so long because mm. those first four songs are like so compact. It's such a theme. They sound like they belong together. I mean, I was just so excited from then on. And it just kind of tapered out a bit for me. But even then, there's so many other highlights throughout the rest of the album. The ending was strong because yeah. the last song was the one with um, Lauren Hill. But and I, I think love that... Made It too, the second to last one. Yeah, Made It is also really good. And How You Want It. I really like that one too. Back to our previous episode with Perfume Genius's album. I think it's similar. Starts off really strong, kind of tapers in the middle, and then finishes strong. So Tiana Taylor has been in the music industry for a really long time, like from the mid-2000s until now. But before she signed to Kanye's record label, she was kind of getting bounced around in the industry, and she was doing a lot of choreography and acting in music wasn't her only path that she was taking. But once she signed to Good Music in 2012, uh, she got the chance to release her first album in 2014. And since then, she's always been a force in the music industry. But her relationships with record labels and especially with Kanye have kind of hampered how she's able to express her music and her musical output. For example, on her 2018 album, KTSE, she was vocal about not getting to include songs that she wanted and her not being able to express her full creative voice. But even with those restrictions, KTSE was still a standout on Kanye's Wyoming tapes that he put on. And it was a pretty huge album, at least around me. I've heard like almost every single song off that album when I'm out somewhere. And really, I think it's just a beautiful collection of work. In her latest album, I read something that said it had six singles. Did I just miss those singles? Because I I swear it was announced like two weeks ago and then was released on Juneteenth. And 
kind of came out of nowhere. So maybe I just totally missed those singles. Yeah, but, um, you did. Really? You missed those singles. Yeah. Also, the covers of the singles very much imitate the style of Grace Jones. No, I saw those. Wait, when were the singles released? In March. Really? Wow. Yeah, We Got Love was <laughs> released on March 13th. Made It was released on May 22nd. Wow, I'm just lost then. That's my bad. You just exposed yourself. I just exposed myself. <laughs> you were going off on this knowledge and then you fell off. Also, let's not forget that she was credited with choreographing Beyonce's single Ring the Alarm when she was literally 15. Like, wow. what? What was I doing at 15? Nothing. Uh, no, she's a talent. I feel like she's also become this relationship guru kind of person because her relationship with Amon Shumpert is just... He's so hot. Like everything everyone wants. <laughs> Dude, he is so hot. Oh my god. Now we're going to bring on both of our friend, Sunny. Both of our friend. <laughs> the name is Mutual. <laughs> Sunny Lee, who discussed the album and kind of life in general. Sunny is one of my best friends. We went to middle school or middle and high school together. He has a great taste in all things cultural. However, he once told me that he had never listened to an album all the way through. So I think this may have been one of his first times actually listening to an album. <laughs> but we're super excited to have him on. He is now a sophomore at UChicago and we're gonna call him up now. What the fuck is up? Yo! Hello. Thank you for coming on to this podcast, Sunny. Before we get started on the album, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about the drink that you brought on today? My name is Sunny, Sunny Lee. I'm a 19-year-old kid from Chicago. Yeah, I go to school. Yeah, man, I'm just trying to live life to the fullest, you know, take every day with stride. My drink is a banana. Nice. Did you make the banana like liquid in any way? Yeah, after you chew it for a while, sort of as like a liquid but it's also an interesting thing because it's not like fully solid even though like people would typically say it's a solid you know yeah i never really thought about it in that way i'll have to order it next time yeah i know so basically sam introduces the worst freaking drinks to this show so he wanted to do chocolate milk because he thought it'd be a great way to start his morning but update it's not there are different tiers of chocolate milk dog. What's on the top? Oberweiss. Oberweiss comes from like a brown cow. You know what I mean? Yeah, straight up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, the best chocolate milk is when you put the chocolate syrup in like normal You're milk. You're tripping. You're, you are actually tripping. Sam's just mad that his mom doesn't buy him real chocolate milk. So he has to compensate. <laughs> Bro, you went to the Starbucks. Your mom doesn't care about you. <laughs> we are here to talk about the album by tiana taylor um we've already talked about our first impressions a little bit but sunny do you want to give us your first impression i enjoyed it i thought it was like a little long there were a lot of songs but honestly i think i really enjoyed half if not more than half of the songs actually like i tried to listen to it in sequence of the songs you know it was really cool her features and the people she like brought on to the tracks with her I thought they like complimented each other for the most part, complimented each other very well. I especially liked actually Let's Build featuring Quavo. That one was kind of a banger. No. Loki. <laughs> Loki. 
Why did you guys not like it? I just thought Quavo couldn't sing. I was like, bro, I thought it was genius, bro. Like <laughs> Quavo really stepped out of his comfort zone, you know. I think it was. I think that was a highlight. I'm really nervous now. <laughs> I was saying that I remember you told me once that you would never listen to an album all the way through. Yeah. I was wondering, was this one of your first experiences listening to album all the way through? Or do you like, need it more now? Consciously, yeah. Like, but sometimes, I guess like more recently, I would just play like a song from an album and then whatever the Spotify algorithms, they'll just play the rest of the album and I'll just listen to it through. Especially like if I'm doing something, I don't know, like working out or doing homework. But this yeah. is like the first time I consciously like listened to it and was trying to think of like some feedback. Why don't you like consciously like listening to albums all the way through? I don't know. I usually think of music as like complementary to what I'm doing. Exercising, I'll listen to music. Doing homework, I'll listen to music. But I've never just like sat down and just vibed with the music, you know? This was pretty much one of the first times where I did that. And I think it was actually like, it was pretty fun. Um, but since it was so like long and there were so many songs, I think it, it got pretty exhausting towards the end. But yeah, no, I, she, I, did, I, she, did, she did keep it alive towards the end of the album. I did enjoy some of the songs at the end. They, uh, they brought back my attention. What was your initial impression all the way through? From the intro, the intro was really interesting. I enjoyed that. Was that like a, did you guys know if that was like a real call? Like, I know she gave birth recently. Was that like her? The first half of the intro is her husband proposing to her. And then the second half of the intro is her husband dialing 911 because she like unexpectedly had her baby in the house and he didn't know what to do. Bro, I'd be scared as fuck. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I don't know what to do. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, that point kind of goes into some of my favorite tracks on the album, which I felt like a lot of my favorite tracks kind of followed that theme of family and love. One of those was Come Back To Me, and that came right after the intro. And I thought that really continued on the theme of, like, love of family and also just, like, the beat on that song and her voice was just so beautiful. And it was like one of those songs, kind of like Gonna Love Me, where you just like vibe out to it for a while, at least for me. We're just gonna play a little sample of the song first. first like one or two times I listened to the album I just like kind of skimmed through this yeah I did take some notes on this one I really enjoyed like the contrast between Rick Ross's rap and Tiana's like vocals his sort of raspy harsh raps paired very nicely actually with her vocals I feel like as someone who doesn't really listen to R&B this song I feel like I was initially attracted to because it's like not that difficult to understand you know what I mean it starts off really strong and then everyone knows Rick Ross and then I really loved how she incorporated her kid in the beginning of the song wait Um, really (laughs) kid in the song is her kid in real life and then the next song features her husband 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the idea of family that Sam was talking about, too, and, like, I definitely got themes of family and themes of love, but also, like, the struggles within a relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason why I think the album was a bit too long and that I couldn't engage with it fully at some points is because towards the middle of that album, I felt like that theme just kind of disappeared. Through the song 69 to, like, the song Love Each Other, I just felt like that theme of love and family disappeared. And I know that during that time, and on the songs where she's not talking about family, a lot of it is talking about what Sonny was saying, these relationship struggles and things that have to do with family. For me, a lot of it just didn't really come through. And I was like, these are boring songs that don't really fit the theme. But what were some of your guys' favorite songs? But I don't know. I think I, I felt like Quavo and Tiana, they're, they're like vocals meshed pretty well. Obviously, Quavo's is like heavily auto-tuned, but... In the beginning, it definitely gave me some, like, XXX vibes. Like, some sad boy vibes in the beginning. Mm. Or it might have just been, like, that guitar. Yeah, yeah, for me, that guitar part killed me. Because I was like, really, we're going to listen to, like, one guitar strum for four minutes? We're going to play the beginning of Let's Build. Yeah, the beginning is pretty solid, Sam. I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> I understand okay. the Quavo part where you're, like, not about it. I agree. But I feel like the beginning almost reminded me of, like, Kehlani vibes. That makes sense because I'm not a huge Kehlani fan. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do like some of Kehlani's songs. But, like, when I saw that there was a song featuring Kehlani on the album, I feel like I was expecting a lot from that song, just because those are, to me, it was like two sort of powerhouse vocals. I don't know, like, either could have, like, gone really well or, like, they could have clashed and it could have gone, like, really badly. I did not enjoy the morning song with Kehlani. It was, like, a little too much. The lyrics were, like, quite vivid, possibly, like, a little too vivid and overwhelming. I just didn't like vibe as hard with the piece. And I just feel like there was like a lot less flow than there were in the other songs that I enjoyed. I would agree with that. Yeah, I didn't love that song. I just feel like, I don't know, their vibes were just kind of the same. And it, I didn't really know why Kehlani was on the track. I feel like it didn't really add anything to the song. I think that was one of the weaker features of the album. And I think that like most of her strongest songs on the album were the ones with features, except for that one. Yeah. Like, Come Back to Me was really great. How You Want It, that one was one of my favorite pieces. I feel like it just was really, like, the melody was more apparent. It was quicker. And I really loved that one. And I think that my two favorite pieces on the album were We Got Love with Lauren Hill. Because obviously Lauren Hill is a queen and made it, which actually doesn't feature anyone but I think that it was a really good tribute to like 
self-confidence and her making it and it kind of like diverged from the theme of family and kind of showed that she's still like her own person even though she has like a husband yeah i mean i feel like there's so many songs on this album that we could just like talk about different favorites or at least favorites forever but um i think we should take a second to pause and talk about we got love just because it i feel like encapsulates the whole message of this album from the family to the self-love aspect which i think is something that she brings up many times i think she even says it on made it that self-love is the best love i think for me when i got to like made it and i was like almost done with the album i was like "Mm, i understand what she was going for but it didn't all come together but for me we got love even though it's an older song really brought it all together and was like love is the best money like all of these lyrics that bring the themes of the album back together i think i think definitely for sure like we got love was one of those pieces like even though towards the end of the album like you said sam i couldn't engage as much with the songs i was like not writing as much feedback as i was for the like beginning songs but once it got to like we got love the beat was like it was heavy and aggressive beats but it was like also a very confident cadence from tiana's like vocals and also evoked like a very strong sense of like hopefulness and like optimism i don't i can't remember too much but like the songs previously like they didn't give me as much of um as much of like a purpose to engage with it but like the last song for sure i was like it hooked me yeah i think that also like it reminded me of gospel music almost and I think that that's also why it felt hopeful. Do you think that like this song would have been as meaningful if it wasn't like the very last track? I don't, I really, I agree with you. I think it is about how it ties it together. And I think it's about also how We Got Love to me felt like it brought the album back to the place of the intro and come back to me. Like this joyous, like celebration of family there's no longer these like marriage dispute there's no longer these insecurities it's now back to being about the self-love and I think even though I do feel like the album was a little too long and I did get bogged down in a lot of the middle tracks I think that ability to take this theme of love and then go deep like beneath the surface of love kind of and be like here are all the issues and then going back to like what actually matters which is love like was powerful for me yeah i definitely agree with both your points that like if it was not at the end that track like i feel like i would have just it would have gotten lost like in those middle tracks like you said and also i think the point that you made that it like tied like the whole thing it just like closed the loop it like helped me close the gap because in the beginning, the intro is definitely like this. It gave me the sense of like a scary moment of like the unknown of like having a child and like just giving random ass birth in your bathroom. But at the end of that, like the 911 operator was like, is it a boy or a girl? Is it a girl like, congratulations, like you're doing great. I think that was a really nice ending to the intro. And then to have this like another celebration of life and like love encapsulated in the last track it was like a brought full circle to this like sense of familiarity yeah i know me and Teresa don't totally agree about the length of the album i think Teresa said that she like really valued how long it was but if we had to take this album and 
bring it back down to eight tracks. I was wondering if you guys thought that would make it a better album or not. And if you have any idea of what eight tracks, like which eight tracks would you choose to make this a compact album like KTSC was? The reason why I liked this album, despite the fact that I'm not a huge fan of R&B in general, is like its tribute to the artist as a whole. Like I feel like it was really empowering to see her do whatever she wanted with this album after feeling sort of constrained by Kanye's producing on her last album. I think that as a musical album, I think that I would have enjoyed it if it was shorter, but as like a tribute to her as an artist and where she is and where she's going um, and having like full control of what she's doing, I think that I appreciated how long it was. Did she really like feel constrained on her last album? Like was Kanye producing all the tracks? I mean, I think she felt the most constrained because even beyond him producing the tracks, he was in charge of which tracks went on the album. I feel like she had the ability to really release her own output. Oh, okay. That's that's really interesting, actually, because like I definitely do see your point now that I know that. Because like I definitely felt some of the tracks didn't mesh well together with what I had in my mind about like what the entire vibe of the album was. But also now that now that you told me that, it's like I see the value in it because it seems more now like a little more experimental, like she was definitely testing some new waters or something like that in some of her songs. And I think like as an artist and musically, that's like really valuable as well. But like me personally listening to an album, it was like long for sure. Yeah, I mean, I totally get what you guys are saying. Yeah, I guess I still think of KTSE as being a great artistic statement. And the fact that she didn't have control over that makes me really sad. But it also makes me think, if you're forced to have an editor, if you're forced to this constraint of eight songs, can that improve your work? Because you never want an artist to be unhappy with the work that they're putting out. But I do think that that editing made a more concise project. I feel like I have like qualms about that probably because she is a female artist and I feel like I would think differently if she was male but I feel like in general like females in the industry don't get as much of a say or don't have as much of a place in general and I think that having like a male producer kind of like tell you what he wants and what he doesn't even if he is like talented and knows what's up I think like generally feels very restricting and I also think that it says a lot about her like making this song about family because I feel like a lot of times as a female artist once you have a family you're kind of like that's all people report on that's why I have so much respect for people like Rihanna like you don't associate Rihanna with anyone but Rihanna and like I feel like that's a really difficult branding to maintain if you're a female artist who does have a family her branding herself so powerfully on this album was also a statement to how she wants to be viewed as an artist in the future yeah i think that's a really good point Teresa. and i think that there is kind of a balance you have to strike like thinking of how an artist work makes you feel and how you enjoy it versus what that artist wants to put out And I think, like, that's something that I need to, like, watch out for more, too. Just how my enjoyment of music 
is impacted like versus what an artist like wants to do themselves. So I think we're going to move into now one of our last sections, Sunny, a moment that gave you chills. Do you have any moments that gave you chills on the album? That song, Boomin', definitely, like, there was a lot going on, like, between, like, Future's ad-libs and, like, the beatboxing vocals and everything like that. I think it paired very well. But also, I really enjoyed Loki featuring, like, Eric Badu. That song was also pretty nice. I think, like, Badu's vocals, like, it didn't change the vibe. It didn't switch the vibe. It was more like a pivot. Like, it still followed along the same vein. But I think, like, both those voices together were very nice. I didn't, like, get physical chills, but I think that's the closest. Hearing Missy Elliott on Boomin and, like, combined with Future, there was just so much going on on that song. Dude, and I was like, yeah. like the, it lived up to my expectations. Like, I saw the track list and I was like, that could be a great song. And it, like, was a great song. And just hearing them all come together, like, kind of gave me chills. Watching the music video, Wake Up Love, gave me chills. Because mm. it was, like, about her and her husband, right? But then at the end of the music video, her kid comes in and joins them on the bed and their little family. And then she shows her husband that she's pregnant with another baby. That was just so cute. Like, their whole family is just really cute. And I really liked seeing the music video because I think that it, like, gave me a visual for the way that she talks about her family in the album Mm. does anyone have any final thoughts on the album are you looking forward to what tiana taylor does next and what do you think she will do next i'm excited to see what tiana taylor does next because honestly like i wasn't really listening to her before this besides like her popular songs sort of like sunny and now you know i'll be following her on twitter and i think that so far this album has received positive reviews Of course, I'll keep looking for whatever she does. And I really hope she goes in the more upbeat, more come back to me, more made it direction, because that's my favorite version of Tiana Taylor. But she should totally do her thing. And I'm happy she feels like she has control over her sound now. Yeah, I think for sure, like, as I said in the beginning, I really only listen to Tiana's, like, popular songs. Now seeing, like, her capability in like all different aspects of musicality-ness, I guess. I don't know how to say it. Like her ability to like uh, rap, but also her like incredible riffs as well. And like her more soulful vocals. I'm definitely excited to see what else she does. Cause what I saw the most of in this album is that like she works really well with other artists and like together. I think that was just like really nice to see her branching out so i'm excited for sure well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today sunny uh i'm happy you liked the album and i hope you can come back soon thanks sunny yeah guys thank you so much this was really fun thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of two virgins we hope you enjoyed getting to know sunny and check out tiana taylor's new album the album you can find this episode on quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.